and welcome to Animal Chat, an Alberta SPCA podcast where we talk about animal welfare, animal behavior, and animal protection. I'm your host, Dan Kobe, and thank you for listening and for being passionate about animal welfare and compassionate for animals in our province. Our focus today is on cat enrichment. Cats make great pets, and in many cases, people will choose to get a cat because they feel they're less work than a dog. We're here today to dispel that myth. Certainly cats have less intense needs than dogs. You don't have to walk them daily or let them out for their biology breaks. But cats do have needs. They're just much different than a dog's. My guest today is our Director of Education here at the Alberta SPCA, Melissa Logan. Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Thanks, Dan. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to dispel myths about cats. I think cats are often misunderstood and misrepresented, especially in the media, but they're fantastic companions. They're funny, sweet, affectionate, and quite smart. We need to note uh, right off the bat that we have a couple of guests joining us in our, our, I'll call it our broadcast studio. Um, Neville, who is uh, one of your cats, and Nina, who is your border collie. Neville is the one who is a bit of the, the star today. In fact, he's just jumped onto Melissa's lap and now he's jumped down. You might hear his, his bell ringing in the background or his purring because he does like to purr quite a bit. Um, Neville, uh, you talk about him all the time. He, he certainly is a great member of your family. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So Neville is a gray, short-haired cat. I fostered him and his four brothers in 2015 and I named them all after Harry Potter characters. So I had three orange cats, George, Fred, and Ron, and two great cats, Harry and Neville. And the goal of fostering is to provide a temporary home for animals before they're adopted into their more permanent home. But Neville and my dog got along so well, and he just has such a great personality, I couldn't let him go, so I adopted him. And that's what you call a foster fail. <laughs> uh, and Neville and Nina were, were wrestling pretty good here, um, and f- so you may have been able to hear some of that in the background. Uh, we've let Nina out of the room for now just uh, because they were knocking over uh, some of the, uh, the cardboard that we have lining the walls here, so it was a little bit distracting. Neville will be reintroduced throughout the podcast. Before we get on to talking about uh, cat enrichment and Neville, we should discuss a little bit about our education department. I I think a lot of people don't realize that we have an education department with two full-time teachers. I'll let you explain a little bit more uh, what the two of you do. The Alberta SPCA has had an education department since 1983, so we've long recognized how important it is to nurture compassion, respect, and empathy in young people. So our education program promotes humane education, as you mentioned, um, an approach to teaching that inspires compassion for animals, people, and the environment. Our program is geared towards teachers from K to 12, and we offer information, resources, activities, programs, and professional development to help teachers build and inspire empathy for all living things. We also help them to increase understanding of animal needs, fostering a sense of responsibility, and also an awareness for the interconnection between animals, people, and the environment. We also make sure that our resources align with the Alberta Program of Studies, so it's easy for teachers to include the resources in their classrooms. Neville update, he's a little upset that Nina's not in the room right now. Uh, he's, he's wandering around the room trying to figure out how he's going to spend the next uh, few minutes without his, his buddy Nina. Um, I should point out 
as well that uh, Neville is a bit of a YouTube star. Um, he's on our YouTube channel, the Albert SPCA uh, YouTube channel. And he actually has the most views of any uh, video we've put on there. And it, it's a simple, short, one-minute video of Neville headbunting you uh, as you explain why cats do it. And uh, Neville has been seen over 25,000 times. Um, and that number climbs daily. Um, the folks listening may be able to hear him purring right now because he is uh, actually headbunting you at the moment. I know, he's such a snuggler. Uh, he, uh, he definitely has a personality that clearly shines through on YouTube. I know, um, Neville just knows how to work a camera, I guess. And the video that you're referring to is part of our Curious Questions series. So we had people, primarily kids, ask their most burning questions about animals. And we've had questions about all kinds of species, dogs, cats, cows, donkeys, different types of wildlife. So if you head over to our YouTube channel, you can watch some experts answer questions like why do cats head bunt you or head butt? Or why do dogs kick up grass after they poop? These are some serious questions and the answers may surprise you. Excellent. Uh, so let's talk about cats. Uh, everyone by now has figured out that you're, you're pretty passionate about cats and uh, you do know quite a bit about them. Um, so as noted, cats do not require daily walks, but they do have behavioral needs. And those require attention, especially if your, do or if your cat is an indoor cat. Yeah, that's right. So we encourage people to keep their cats indoors for a number of reasons. Um, cats live longer inside because it's safer. Outdoors comes with a lot of risks cars, predators like coyotes, increased risk of parasites, fighting with other cats or even dogs, and even inclement weather can be bad for cats. So indoors, ju there's just way less risk. Cats also have a strong drive to hunt. This is an innate behavior and they spend a lot of their time stalking, tracking, chasing and killing prey, which when allowed to roam outdoors can lead to the death of a lot of wildlife, including birds and small mammals. So we encourage people to keep their cats inside where it's safer, where they aren't, aren't bothering neighbors or killing local wildlife. So as you mentioned, uh, cats, even if they are an indoor cat and seem quite comfortable just lounging on the couch uh, or in a perch daily, they still maintain their basic instincts. And so it's important to help them fulfill those needs even while they're inside. Yeah, that's right. That drive to hunt doesn't go away just because they're indoors. So we need to provide opportunities to allow cats to express this and other very natural and normal behaviors. Homes are pretty sterile, boring environments for cats. Again, they like to hunt, climb, chase, and they're curious and like to explore new environments. So if we aren't providing these opportunities, then cats can become bored and frustrated, and this can lead to behavioral issues as cats just aren't happy. Imagine, Dan, if you were in an environment, just a room with nothing to do for days and weeks and months on end, you would probably get pretty bored and frustrated too. And that sounds a little bit like COVID right now, which is, I, I think everyone can relate to how that would feel. Uh, but if for an indoor cat, that might be all the time um, if they don't go outside. So what can we do to help cats express their natural behaviors? So in order to provide them with their best life, we need to give them opportunities to express those behaviors. As you had mentioned, we need to take our dogs on walks, allow them to sniff and get some exercise. Cats have needs too, they're just different than a dog's. 
We want to help cats express these very natural hunting behaviors of stalking, chasing, pouncing and killing. And we can do this by using play and toys. So I brought some toys in today for Neville. Our listeners won't be able to see them, but I'll do my very best to describe them. And I will, as you're pulling them out, say that we will put photos of these uh, on the uh, show notes portion of our website under podcast. I'll give that information at the end of the show. What do you have? So these first toys that I have are designed for us to play with the cats. So they have a stick on one end and then fleece or a ball or this looks like feathers on the other end. And we use this stick to help emulate how a mouse or a bird might move. So this allows the cats to stalk, chase, and pounce on the toy. There are a few things to keep in mind when you play with your cats. The first is if, they, if you have more than one cat, you want to give them individualized playtime. So just one cat at a time so they don't need to compete with other cats in the house. This is typically what they prefer, is just playing by themselves. The second thing is that cats usually play in short stints. So unlike your dog that needs, let's say, 30 minutes of sustained activity, cats usually only play for a few minutes at a time. They prefer short but frequent play sessions. So we want to make time to play with our cats every day and multiple times a day. Again, the play is in short stints, so it doesn't take much to squeeze in some playtime. If I'm on the phone or drinking a coffee, I'll just pick up one of these toys with the stick and play with the cats. And 99 times out of 100, they are up for it. You just want to make it part of your daily routine, and it really helps them with that hunting behavior and also helps to get some of their energy out. A device that many people will use to uh, get their cats to play would be one of those little laser pointers. How do you feel about that? Yeah, many cats love lasers. The only thing with lasers is they can never catch them, which is probably incredibly frustrating for them. So think about giving cats some kibble or a treat when they catch that little red dot. All right, any other types of toys that are good for cats? So I discussed some toys that we use to play with our cats, but we also want to provide our cats with toys that they can bat around or chase whenever they please. This can include toys in a variety of sizes and textures so they can chase, bite, and pounce on them. So I brought in a few of those as well. So I have, you know, little toys with bells. Neville doesn't like that one as much. Um, there's a little toy with a feather on it. Oh, maybe he, he's making me into a liar. He's going for it now. <laughs> he's at least checking them out. He's definitely checking them out. They like toys, crinkly paper, toys with feathers or fur that mimic their prey. And cats are individuals, so you'll begin to learn about what their preferences are. Just make sure not to have toys with strings or small bits that they might ingest and possibly choke on. It's also important to have lots of toys for them to play with. Can you explain why? Novelty is key. Cats become habituated to toys really quickly. They're interested in them at first, but they get used to them and they won't play with them very often after a while. So you only want to give them a few toys at a time and rotate them in and out to keep them fresh. What about for kittens? Um, obviously kittens like to play probably a lot more than the adult cats. Yeah, that's right. So kittens play usually more often and for longer durations. But it's still really important to play with your older cat. Some people think only kittens need play. But the older cats need, need play as well. They just play for shorter frequencies. What's Neville's favorite toy? It's funny that you ask that because Neville loves to play with dog toys. So I brought in one of his toys that he stole from Nina, my dog. They're bigger than cat toys, but he can grab onto them with his front paws and he 
bites the toy and rakes it with his claws. So sometimes I'll rub a little bit of catnip in it and he goes crazy for it. Dog toys are his favorite, but like most cats, he loves that one-on-one playtime with this stick with the fleece on the end. Now, when feeding your cat, uh, we may just be inclined most of the time to uh, provide food and leave it for the cat to eat. But feeding time is a really good opportunity to add some extra enrichment for your cat. Yeah, that's right. It's really important, first of all, to monitor your cat's weight and body condition. So many cats suffer from obesity which often leads to a whole host of health issues that can compromise your cat's well-being. So leaving food out for cats doesn't always work. And we can have a whole other podcast on feeding cats, but it's really important to talk to your veterinarian if you, to make sure that your cat's at a healthy weight. But we can use food to help with the expression of tracking and feeding behaviors. We can hide food to promote hunting. We can toss kibbles for cats to chase. You can also use food puzzles or devices to have cats work for their food. So I brought in a couple of food puzzles. The first one I bought from a pet shop, and we can put a picture of this online on our website. And you put kibble in it, it's a bobble, and as they knock it about, food will come out of this little hole if they knock it the right way. They have these for dogs as well. Neville isn't interested in this one as much, but my other cat loves this toy. You can also make your own feeding devices. You know, I have some toilet paper rolls that you can just stack up and put some masking tape around it and you just put kibbles inside and the cats need to use their noses and their paws to either push the kibble out one end or grab it from the other. And so just anything that makes them think, slow down a little bit when they're eating um, is great because they need to think a bit and work for food in the wild as well. And as I look at your devices, Melissa, certainly this doesn't have to cost a lot of money. The uh, the empty toilet paper roll, I mean, that's obviously everyone has those in their house. So uh, not with a little creativity, you can create lots of, of creative environments in your house. That's right. And we have on our website um, a whole bunch of ideas for homemade puzzles. So if you check out our website, we have a link for some some ideas for making your own feeding devices for cats. Neville's come over to say hi to me right now. Uh, you can probably hear his bell jingling a little bit as he says hi and checks out what I'm all about. He, he might also check out the, uh, the recording equipment here. So we've talked about ways to help your cat with enrichment and there are some other basic ones that most people I think do, maybe not realizing why it's important, but we'll talk about them briefly just so that people understand that there are uh, basic needs of cats that are being met when you provide them say with a scratching post. Yeah, that's right. So we talked about how to help cats express that hunting behavior, which is really important for them. You're right, cats also need to scratch. And this is one that people find rather annoying because cats have this uncanny ability to figure out your most expensive piece of furniture and scratch that. So we want to provide scratching posts or scratching pads in multiple locations in your home, especially near furniture. I made the mistake of not providing a scratching post in my basement and the cats shredded my couch which was entirely my fault they needed to scratch and I didn't provide them with a scratching post so um, they're not about to walk up the stairs and use the scratching post up there when there's a perfectly good couch in front of them so I now have a new couch and I have a scratching post right next to it and they leave my furniture alone there's tons of different options for scratching and just like with toys cats have preferences so if one type doesn't work you can try another kind Um, perches in high places also important That's right. Um, Cats have sensory needs. We need to think about what they see, they smell, and they hear. So a perch that looks out a window allows them to see what's going on and watch their environment. 
My cats spend most of their time on perches and cat trees looking out the window. Catios, uh, which are outdoor enclosures, are really great too. They allow your cats to watch what's going on in your yard, take in smells, or even training your cat on a harness is a great way to take them outside to sniff and explore while you can maintain supervision. Um, sensory needs. Um, cats have a habit of, of rubbing up against uh, furniture or, or door frames or whatever. It's important to let them do that. Yeah, they use olfactory signals or pheromones to create boundaries in their living spaces and to explore their surroundings. So you'll see them rubbing up, rubbing their chins all over door frames or new objects you bring into the house. When I brought Neville in here, that's the first thing he did was start rubbing up against everything just to establish that scent profile. So in order to respect that, you want to avoid cleaning areas where they mark their scent, like the corner of walls, or at, at the very least, use some scented cleaners. Hi, buddy. Avoid using scented cleaners that might disrupt that scent profile. One other thing that cats really like, and I think everyone who has a cat knows it, this is what Neville's been doing in the background. I know you can all hear him. There's a, an empty box sitting here, and what he would really like is for us to make it uh, a spot where he can jump in. I think that's what he was ready to jump in, but the uh, the lids are kind of, uh, the lid tabs are in the way, and, and he was feeling uncomfortable about it. Yeah, boxes, being in a box helps cats feel safe and that's another one of their behavioral needs that we need to accommodate to give them places for them to feel safe so they love cardboard boxes they love beds with high sides because they can get in them and crouch down and they just feel safe they also really like perching or resting in elevated locations again helps them to feel safe if they're up high they can survey their environment below so we want to make sure to give them some of those vertical spaces, especially if it's in front of a window, it's, it helps them to feel safe. And I think another important thing that we need to, re to remember and to remind children of is that cats have that need for a safe space. So when a cat is nestled in their bed, we want to teach kids and also model this ourselves to respect the cat's space. If they, don't want to, if they don't want to leave their bed to socialize, we need to respect that. So having agency or choice is really important for an animal's well-being. And cats are really social. They just prefer to socialize on their own terms, kind of like play. They prefer their interactions to be short but frequent. Excellent. And you mentioned this briefly earlier, but we'll just note it one more time that if you have more than one cat, it's important to provide all of these enrichments to the cats individually give them a chance to uh, to express themselves uh, as a single cat not necessarily in uh, their pairs or family units and this is so incredibly important and we refer to the things that cats need as their resources so a water dish is a resource a litter box is a resource a bed or a resting place is a resource so the rule of thumb is the number of the number of each resource that you need is the number of cats you have plus one so if you have two cats, it's recommended that you provide three water dishes, three litter boxes, etc. And at the very minimum, have at least enough resources for each cat. You don't want your cats to have competition over any of the resources. They're going to be so much happier if they can use the litter box or get a drink of water without the stress of having to confront the other cats in the house. If they feel they can't access these important resources, behavioral issues might develop. Well, this is all great information, Melissa. Uh, thank you for stopping by to talk about cat enrichment. Uh, one last Neville update. He's actually at the door looking for Nina, the dog, who has clearly left him. 
uh, moments ago he was sitting on your lap and staring lovingly into the microphone. I'm sure he wanted to bat it. Um, but he's, it's been fun to watch him wander around. Uh, what is a relatively small room, but he's had a good time here. It was my pleasure, Dan. Thanks for having me and Neville on the podcast. And once again, um, we will put a, a plethora of photos up on our website, um, albertaspca.org slash podcast. There'll be show notes and we'll include photos of Neville and uh, of uh, the recording of this podcast and of the toys and devices that we've talked about today so everyone can see exactly what it is we are talking about. On our next episode of Animal Chat, we'll look at preparing for emergencies and natural disasters with your pets in mind. May is Emergency Preparedness Month, and we've seen our share of disasters and emergency situations here in Alberta over the past 10 years. If an emergency strikes your community, are you ready? And most importantly, do you have what you may need for your animals ready to go on quick notice if you have to leave when there is a forest fire uh, in your community like we saw in Fort McMurray a number of years ago. We'll talk about emergencies and your pets on the next episode of Animal Chat, an Alberta SPCA podcast.